What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Julia Fox, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Thank you for having me. How was your weekend? Um, my weekend was pretty, um, well, it's like when I'm not traveling, I have just like more work to do at home. So it's like never, it's just like always constantly work, work, work. So when you're in New York, you're kind of like almost on work mode and then you're trying to yeah, travel. And mommy like, no mode, like full time. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. So incredible. Thank you. So you were just working. Mm-hmm. Although I think I did see on a little site that you were at Paul's baby. Oh yeah. Like- yeah. Yeah. It was like my sister's birthday. Oh, so, um, shout out Richie. Oh. And we went to, um, Emilio's. And then we went to Paul's Baby Grand, which is funny. Like, I haven't been there in, like, literally 10 years or something. Like, I used to go all the time. It's, like, my neighborhood club. And it was funny. Like, I walked in and, like, the DJ started playing, like, Kanye West. And, like, all these, like, really excited white boys were, like, rapping all the lyrics, like, really passionately. And it was, was, like, an experience. It was cool. Probably a different experience than the last time you were there. And then now you're there. Everyone's, like, singing a song in your face. Yeah. Like, okay, everybody calm down. I know. White boys relax. Yeah, it was amazing, though. This episode of Call Her Daddy is presented by David's Bridal. Size doesn't matter, fit does. Get the most perfectly fitting bridal gowns, bridesmaids, and prom dresses at David's Bridal. From sculpting satins to power mesh to booty ruching, David's designer gowns and dresses are known for five-star fit. Use code Daddy for 15% off all purchases during the month of March. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whatever business you're running, wherever it's at, Shopify is here to help you do your thing and more. Whenever someone is buying merchandise from me, I am using the Shopify app. Get the support you need to grow with Shopify, Daddy Gang, if you have something that you are selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. What is a normal day for you? Like, I want to know, like you woke up today, like, what did you do? Like, what is your day? I mean, routine? I immediately like just tend to my son. So it's like brush teeth, breakfast, bath, play. Then after a couple hours, I'll put him down for a nap. And that's when like my day begins. So then it's like, okay, then I'll shower and like brush my teeth and answer my emails and like just pretty much get to work. Love it. But other than that, it's like, like my son is always like my number one, like and everything's always kind of just built around his schedule. That's kind of when I can focus on myself. Your birthday is on Wednesday. Yeah. Happy early birthday. Thank you. What are your birthday plans? I think we're going to go to Lucien. Oh, yeah. Because I've grown up. I grew up with Zach, who's yep. Lucien's son. R.I.P. Lucien. Um, and um, yeah, I had my son's birthday there. Just like easy. Do you? Is it going to be a big party? I think so. Have you picked out your outfit? No. I, we're not there yet. You're not I don't there. know. Maybe my stylists have something, have been working on something but I don't know I haven't seen it yet well you've been like iconic recently in the fashion game who are you loving as a designer right now um besides Kanye yeah you can say say Kanye I respect it I mean I love Daniel at Schiaparelli a lot um Glenn Martins at Diesel and JPG which I also love um I love Wang as well um Vivian Westwood so you're not planning like your outfits like too far in advance I mean Julia it's Monday you have no birthday outfit yeah no I but everything's kind of like that with me (laughs) okay so you're kind of just like a fly by the your pants gal yes like everything's last minute and and we're just kind of winging it and pulling it together and like like even that eyeliner moment like that was like 
uh, we just decided like let's like try it and see if it looked like you know what I mean it wasn't like planned out like everything's just how did you feel about that that everyone was like whoa what the fuck is I, people hated it I loved it I just like wanted it more bigger smudgier like I don't know I just feel like I'm so over like seeing the perfect contouring and and the like perfect lashes like it's like I want to be real. I want to be just be more like just real and and I don't want to be perfect and I don't want I don't need everyone to like me. I'm not here for that, you know. I feel like it was such a bold choice and even though people were like shitting on it, everyone was talking about it. And then no and then I, like Chanel did their eye makeup that uh, you know what I mean yep. similarly right. in that way and then I saw it in other places as well and it's like that's fucking cool, you Was know? everyone around you hyping you up and then it was just the internet shitting on you? Like everyone's um, like, oh my God, it looks so good. In yeah. Person. In person, everyone was gagging and loved it. And then on the internet, obviously people hated it, but it's like, that's when you know you did something good when yes. everyone shits on it. it no, dude, I did one. it's different. Yes. I've done that semi before, but not as exaggerated. And I got so much shit on my picture yeah. and I was kind of like, fuck off. I was trying I something different. Like, yeah. let me live. I know. People are so fucking rude on the internet. Okay. It's, cr- I didn't know how bad it was. Until recently. Yeah. And now, do you read the comments? <laughs> Sometimes. Like, like very rare. Like, I don't Google anything. I don't read the headlines. Like, I never see anything. Yeah. Um, but occasionally, obviously, of I do course. see it. You know, it's impossible not to. But I just laugh. Like, yeah. it doesn't really affect me. I don't care. Are there any ones that do affect you? If someone says something about my kid, I'll block them. Love. Yeah. That fucking Yeah. Block. Other than that, like, not really. Yeah. I don't care. I love New York. I used to live here. I moved to LA, mm-hmm. so I miss it, and I'm so happy when I'm back. What neighborhood makes you feel most at home? Um, I would have to say the East Village, just because I probably spent the most years cumulatively there, and I went to high school there, and just, like, downtown in general, but I also have, like, a lot of, like, PTSD from the East Village as well, you know what I mean? Why? Because, like, like, the most Yeah, like, moments. every block, I'm like, oh, like, that oh. happened there, like, oh, you got in a fight here, like, whatever, like, it's, everything's, like, a reminder of, like, high school, it's, like, the worst time ever. It's... I my first apartment was in Lower East Side and I feel the same way I'll like see a street and be like don't look yeah that's the street I vomited on fuck but it's also kind of like okay so East Village is your place definitely I saw this TikTok and I was like dying for it so someone was like okay we're gonna play Mary fuck kill but with New York neighborhoods (sighs) and I can go first because I was like okay this is actually funny I feel like I would kill Murray Hill. Sorry. Oh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Then I would fuck West Village, maybe, and then marry Tribeca. Okay. New yeah. New that's that's okay. pretty accurate. Okay. I would either marry Upper East Side or Tribeca. Love. Yeah. Who would you kill? I mean, Murray Hill is pretty spot on because, you know, you lived here. Yeah. So you get it. Like, yeah, it's like, what is there? I know there's like a theater there, like a movie theater. What's going on? And then that's it. Like, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Like, honestly, probably that or like. Yeah, that probably yeah, Murray Hill. Murray yeah. Hill dies every time. Because every other neighborhood <laughs> has something redeemable. Yes. That's like it's something Manhattan, new. it's New York, you know, like. Totally. And then Murray Hill, you're like. Like literally the movie theater. I don't know. I agree. How do you think growing up in New York City affected how quickly you matured? Um, well, I think it definitely affected how quickly I matured because at a very young age, I was exposed to a lot of adult situations, um, just leaving the house. You know what I mean? You you're, you just are going to see it. So I think like the exposure and then also not really being monitored properly and then kind of just being curious and also kind of fearless and just wanting to see the world and wanting to go have experiences and, and go live my life. Yeah, because you're so your parents were divorced and you were No, they're actually still married. Oh, they're, and, but yeah. your dad lived in New York. But they don't they've never lived in the same country. God. So it's like a weird like I don't know, my my mom's Italian. She's like doesn't really like America. Like she likes Italy and like wants to stay there. And mm-hmm. and my dad like just didn't I don't know it just didn't really work out so you weren't you didn't have like how would you describe did you have any supervision growing up really in New York no 
<laughs> just a flat no you're like no. absolutely not no and so he tried like my dad like there were times like when it would be like really getting out of control where he would try like I remember one time but like but that's the thing it's like when you grow up with like just your dad it's like such a different home environment like I remember one time he literally slept in the chair like one of those recliner chairs in front of the door the front door so that I wouldn't leave and I just climbed out my window I lived on the second floor and we had a fire escape so I just climbed out the fire escape and then at like 10 a.m I like came knocking it wasn't 10 a.m because he was still sleeping in the chair as I'm knocking it was probably like 7 a.m or something and I'm knocking and he like woke up and he was actually more impressed and like laughing like thought it was funny that I still found what you know he was just like how did you do it how did you do it and I was just like I have my ways like don't ask like you know so like grounding you would never work no (laughs) no like the most maybe they would do is like take my phone away but then it's like I don't care you know let's go out yeah then you won't be able to reach me even more so like you know how old were you when you first went clubbing Mm, like proper clubbing maybe like 14 so good how did you get an id oh my god we literally um my friend alex um she like printed them like herself like laminated so like it was so like they were so bad like that was actually my first fake id but then obviously we ended up figuring it out but and we would just use that and like they were so clearly fake but i think it's like you see like slutty like picture the girl like the two girls in the movie 13 like you get like that vibe and it's like you're gonna let them in the no hot under gives yeah a fuck no like i had braces yeah. and they were letting me in girl like, go ahead sweetie you definitely look 27 yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. yeah um when did you first experiment with drugs um probably in in like middle school like sixth or seventh grade um, was it just because you found them through like friends um it, I think the first drugs that I ever tried was weed and it was actually my friend's mom who, who had it and it was like very casual in their household to, to, to just smoke weed together and, and pass it around and then that's kind of when, where I started smoking weed like a, a lot like every day that was like seventh grade. Do you still smoke weed? Yeah. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. Did you ever get in trouble with like the law growing up? definitely tell us yeah oh my god so much I was actually on probation for like three years and and that really like saved my life in a way because for the first time it was like I'm grounded do you know what I mean and 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 I remember my my first drug test on probation came back positive for marijuana and it was like this big thing about like am I gonna go to prison for a year like what is my probation officer gonna do and then um, she just, like, gave me some drug, really intense drug program that I needed to do. And that was it. But it was, like, you know, a lot of situations like that where, like, I, it was, like, a mi- by miracle that, like, right. it, didn't, it didn't end up worse for me. But I really honestly credit, like, Ms. Cortez, my probation officer, because, you know, like, she really um, made sure that I, you know, and she even, she even said, she was like, I know your type. She was like, I know you're manipulative and I know you're a liar. Yeah, and and I was so sweet and cute and blah, 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 and she could see right through me. Yeah, and that was really, like, difficult. I mean, that was – it was like, oh, fuck, okay, I'm really going to have to do this now. Because she can see – yeah, it's not someone I can bullshit. No. When you say you were, like, manipulating and lying, like, was it mostly to adults? Like, Yeah, any authority figure. Right. Not to my friends or anything, just, like, any type of – authoritative situation what were you on probation for that time um if that was uh like credit card um stuff and it was grand larceny and a bunch of other type it was a bunch of just a bunch of really big things and we were like indicted and me and my best friend who is actually one of my stylists now um and we she was my co-defendant and we like had to go to like I think it was like the supreme court I honestly can't even remember because I would literally show up like high on ecstasy from the night before and sometimes miss court too and not show up at all. Like it was like that was the type of shit I was on. Like I really didn't care what happened to me. What and was, I didn't care about my future. 
When was the first time you got in trouble with the law? Like the first time, probably like in middle school, like running away from home, okay. getting picked up, like stuff like that. Like nothing really like serious, like maybe like we're at a party, they're kicking us out, like little things like that. The first time I was arrested, arrested, I think I was like stealing from like it might have been like Bloomingdale's like I I know I I know I got arrested stealing at Bloomingdale's but it might have been somewhere else but I'm pretty sure it was Bloomingdale's this time so then when you were indicted that was like kind of the catalyst well it was amazing though because then years later I ended up doing a campaign for Bloomingdale's and as I come in they're like come and check in through the side entrance and they wanted my ID and I was like oh my god they're gonna search in the system that I'm banned here Because the actual "Ah." campaign was in the store and it was so funny. But it was like really full circle, you know. You're like, now I'm giving back. Yeah. I'm paying my dues. (laughs) Okay, fuck off. (laughs) Well, so you ended up getting in. You were fine. Yeah, no, it was fine. Yeah. So when did you start supporting yourself financially and why? As like as a teenager, like pretty young. I, I remember like always wanting to work. Like I remember being like 16 and getting the right paperwork so that I could like work at a store or like like I always wanted to work um but you know I it wasn't enough money to like support myself like independent like I wanted to be independent and um and and then I was kind of forced into a situation that I can't really go too deep in but I like was forced to be independent and it was like fuck like well you know I can't work um, work at the pastry shop forever. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to cut it. Like, I'm right. going to need more money. So I just went on Craigslist, and I went on the adult section, and everything was, like, sex, you know, like, you know, that type of yeah. vibe. Like, be my slutty secretary, like that type of – and I was like, like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, you know, I, I was still, like, a kid. I wasn't comfortable – like to have sex with a stranger like I wasn't even comfortable to have sex with someone that I knew um so I saw an ad and it was like no sex um no nudity and can make up to a thousand something dollars a day or something like whatever huge number to me I was like well this is the most money I've ever heard in my life um so obviously I just I went um and I met up with this like really um like kind of insane looking white guy with this like long black trench coat and he had me like write that like a sadistic like like BDSM fantasy and just like off the top like write it and I did and he loved it and he hired me on the spot and then obviously I roped him my like BFF to come with me because I was like I can't do this alone and um and that was the end of that and I was just naturally very good at it yeah and then working there um I feel like it was really good for my self-esteem I think I went in there like really not unsure of myself like not really confident in who I who I was and I definitely left like knowing my worth when you say you were dominatrix I think so many people are like actually don't even know what that means can you describe for someone that may not understand that like what is a dominatrix yeah so it's kind it's like you know similar to a stripper there's um an establishment and it's it's called a dungeon and um there's a few in Manhattan and and in the other parts of New York as well and it's legal um and the specific dungeon that I worked at was like you'd go downstairs into basement and there'd be like all these different rooms and there was a medical room there was um for like you know nurse type of doctor fantasy um there was um like a torture room um a ch- like another type of chamber like all these like a cross-dressing room a, a, a teaching room, like a school room like just for any type of fantasy right. and then like um it's really like it's really like role-playing it's like acting it's it's role-playing and then um that's kind of how I would describe it. Like when yeah. people were like, where did you get your start in acting? I said, well, it's really like at the dungeon because I would have to improv like multiple times a day on very short notice. Like someone comes in, they look at all the books of all the girls. They might want to meet you in person. And then that's it. You have five minutes to get ready. And they just kind of tell you really quickly what they're into. And that's it. Then you figure it out and you have to wing it. So, you know, like doing that, that's like really good training if you do that all the time. Yeah. 
you got to be like on your shit. Like you got to have to be on your shit. Yeah. And to clarify for everyone, you're not having sex with these people. No. Okay. No, no, no. Um, Because I feel like that's a misconception. People just like think that. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it's not unheard of. Like Mm -hmm. there would be rumors of some girls that we would hear of. Um, But that's like, that's like, I feel like in, in the dominatrix world, like, I mean, you know, you need to remain in control. And, and I feel like the moment that you, you have sex with your, your, what they're called slaves in in the, in the BDSM community, like when you have sex with them, you're kind of putting them on your level in a way. Mm -hmm. And like, they need to know that they will never be worthy to have that. Like the, the the pussy, they'll never be good enough for the pussy. Do you know what I mean? Like they could kiss my feet. I could smother them, maybe sit on their face, like with my panties, but they'll never, ever be good enough for my vagina and like that's very important you know right to keep the boundary yeah so what types of fantasies did you like did were you like okay like you liked and what were someone that you were like I don't fuck with that like I don't like it as much I honestly liked all of them what was your favorite um was my god there were so many but it was it was actually amazing because through doing this just for money yeah I ended up um kind of learning about my own sexuality which I'd never really had a chance to explore because it my sexuality was always kind of being used against me or like do you know what I mean or just I I I was my sexuality was something to be guarded and protected not something to be like explored so in this very controlled environment I was also able to to explore my my own because there'd be times in a session where I'd be like oh damn like this is actually like horny as fuck like this is hot you know so it does happen you know which one do you think you're the best at I mean, just like body worshiping, like stuff, what is that like? stuff like that. Just like kiss my boots, kiss my legs, like like that type of stuff. Like tease and denial. Oh. And you just like, talk, like you just talk dirty to them the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it, it's a, it's definitely a lot of verbal Got communication. It. It's very mental. This type of line of work, you wow. know, that is really it's, interesting to yeah. think about exploring your sexuality in such like a open way in like where it's so accepted probably there obviously like yeah. everyone is like being very and everyone's vulnerable. a freak and yes. we know it so it's like I won't judge you you won't judge me and you know it, it's okay like, can anyone go there like yeah wow yeah anyone can just show up and go and I honestly recommend that you do it's really not that expensive it's like I think like 250 dollars an hour or something um and remember to tip yeah <laughs> Because they take most Tip of bag, that. Twenty five or thirty percent, bitches. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was your wardrobe like? Was it fire? Like, what were you? Yes. On? Oh my god, that's why it's like now everyone sees me like wearing latex and like PVC and all that shit. But it's like, dude, I've literally I grew up in this shit. Like, I came out the womb in the fucking latex. Like, actually, um, yeah, no, the the fucking that the fits were insane. Like, patent leather boots, like like hot thigh high. You know what I mean? And all and most of them were gifts from clients. Oh, yeah, shit. like we would really finesse like the four hundred dollar latex, you know, like the fucking so hot. the really good shit. Uh-huh. What is your advice to anyone interested in working as a dominatrix? Um, I really feel like the from the time that I spent there, which was um a few years on and off, mm-hmm. I would say like the most successful doms that I saw, they genuinely also were inter- interested in what they were doing. Got it. Um, like for me, like I, oh, I remember even being little and my dad used to like make me have play dates with like the kids in my class who were like, like maybe not as popular or something. Like he would just do that and it was fine. Like I didn't care, but like I would like hang out with these like little boys and like boss them around and like make them like crawl around on their knees. And like, I would like get on their back and like ride them. Like, and I was like, and as I was working in the dungeon and, and men would ask me to do things, I'd be like, Oh my God, like this is totally like, like I'm sure the kids that I did that to, they probably like fantasize, like have right. these similar fantasies. Like some guy was like, um, he wanted to be dressed like a girl and like pretend that we were like brother and sister. And I was like, damn, I used to dress my brother up like a girl. Like fuck, like you don't think he's now into the shit too or something? Right. You know, it's like you kind of like connect the dots and and figure out. 
that, yeah. no that makes sense it's like there's a niche space of like people that really succeed are the ones that actually like take it to heart and you're like I am enjoying yes. this and I want to you do need this to believe authentic it. you really need to like believe in what in what you're doing because otherwise it's gonna like you're just it, it's a lot it's yeah. a lot of on on someone's mental health what are some of the risks of working as a dominatrix um that you might never get out of it <laughs> yeah did yeah. you feel that um there were moments where I was like, oh, my God, you know, I would see the older girls, but specifically like one older girl, like she had um, actually gone to the same high school as me. And we had the same advisor 10 years pr- prior. Right. Right. So, oh and I was like, damn, I wonder if I'm going to be here like, you know, in 10 years. Um, but like she's still fabulous and yeah. amazing. It's not a bad thing. Oh, totally. But like, you know, I obviously wanted more. Yeah. Did you were clients ever like creepy like did it ever were you ever like scared Mm -hmm. like that they would like what how is it scary I mean sorry no you're good there there definitely were moments where I was like oh my god this person's really creepy and scary and I would just like run out and just tell the manager and then she and then she'd fucking handle it and she was like oh a scary like 300 pound Ukrainian woman who like (laughs) you don't want to get the fuck out yeah she was like gonna handle it yeah did you get any ideas of how to perform from porn Mm, no I actually never even watched fetish porn prior to this like it was once I got into it that then I started googling and I was like okay so like let me see how the how they do it you know totally but I was really just kind of going off like instinct like I could just figure it you can just figure it out it's not rocket science you know like what kind of porn are you now into and like what turns you on about it I'm into like weirdly like like partner like swapping and then like watching or something so like foursomes yeah like more like that vibe right now like cuck holding shit yeah yeah like I'm I could totally like I've never done it it's like so out yeah like in my other relationships I feel like um like I don't I don't know I've always been so jealous and so possessive and in, in all my relationships and I really like I don't want to be like that in in the future you know so but it is we'll hot see. like I I feel yeah, it. like when hot. you see your partner yeah that jealousy in a way if it's controlled does turn you on yeah especially and if you know like your partner really like if yes. you if they know if they love you and yes. and like they're doing it to turn you on yes. then that's hot it's so hot yeah. and it creates like this different type of energy I've been the same I've never done it with my partner but I've always said like I feel like it would be hot to watch him with another girl yeah but I'm like fuck if it actually happened would I lose like what I, I know how would I feel in the moment but I honestly think like in the moment we'd probably be able to handle it yeah. really well I, that's what I've always said on my show like I think it's just establishing some type of boundary prior yeah if you go into it blind and then like he's doing something you're like wait don't do that like what the fuck right. why are you guys cuddling after yeah. you guys just fucking fucked like what's yeah, going on yeah yeah Okay, you eventually were invested in a nightclub. Yeah. How did being in kind of that nightlife elevate your experience in New York when you were younger? Well, the nightclub came about because I was dating someone whose passion was to open a nightclub. Okay. So he asked me for money and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's like what happened. Um, then he ended up attacking me. And after we broke up, because obviously I'm like, well, we're broken up, but I'm still going to come here because I still put money in right. this place. And you didn't even put any money in this place. So um, I'm still going to come with all my friends and drink for free. And I was doing that one night and he got really jealous and he attacked me and it became like a really, really big deal. And it, and it was kind of before the like me too, like movement, like, you know, and I was like, Hey, like this happened to me. And like in a room full of people, like people literally saw it happen and it, there was still question about, whether like if I initially instigated it because I had had this reputation of being kind of like a loose cannon I guess but it's not I'm not a loose cannon like I just speak up for myself and I speak up when I see something's fucked up or unfair and so it was like really like the first time that I was like wow 
you know, because I would always hear stories of women that come forward and then like nobody believes them. And I was like, yeah, but that would never happen to me. Like everyone would believe me. And no, like it was very much like divided, like who like who was on whose side. And in that moment, like I was like felt so betrayed by like my own city. Like it was like a full like collective like betrayal. So I just left and it was like the best thing I could have ever done. You want to speak up. And then when you're not believed, you question everything of like, what if this happened again? Now I probably wouldn't speak up next time. And that like breeds such an unhealthy culture. Well, that that actually happened. Something else happened involving like a very prominent person and like I didn't say anything because I was like, now that's just going to look like right. I'm this out unhinged, like, well, I'll just keep it to myself. But I did suffer like emotional damage from that. What like happened? I was like unwell for like a few months. Do you ever think you would speak about it or no? No, yeah. because it's like if that person was still out and able to hurt people, then yes, but yeah. he's not. So it's fine. You know, it's like, what is that? I don't need more like totally. Yeah. Drama. Um, how did also being immersed in the club scene affect your alcohol and drug intake? Um, I don't like not so much because my drug use was always very like, um, like alone or like with one or two other people. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it was always very like private and like more, um, I don't know. It just, it wasn't like if, if when I was out partying, it was like still fun. It was like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I it wasn't like, cute. I yeah, it was like, like you, it was dark. It, yeah. It wasn't yeah. dark. Yeah. Right. Like my drug use was not fun. Like in that way. So you talked about, were you referencing when you were like, and then I just got out of there. Is that when you went to Louisiana? Yeah. So for people that don't know the story, you pack up, you leave New York City, you go to Louisiana. And I had, yeah, and I had a fashion line too with my best friend. And I like fully was like, I can't even do this anymore. Like I like actually, I signed, I signed it over to her name and like pretty much just left, like packed up my shit and left and, and went to the South. And I, then I was there with like a few of my friends and, um, my friend Richie sent me a camera for Christmas and then we, I ended up taking some photos and then an art show was born and then more shows and books and, and that like art journey kind of happened. And I definitely feel like more glad that, that I kind of segued more into art because I feel like I really had to express myself and I wasn't doing it in a, in a really authentic way through fashion because I felt like I was kind of pretending to be someone I wasn't. Totally. Did you feel going from such the juxtaposition of New York City to Louisiana and like being a city girl and then going to the South? Were you lonely? Like, did you have any romantic relationships? Um, no, I wasn't lonely because I went there with my really good friend Harmony. And then I already knew two people down there, Jack and John, who were in this band, Salem. That's okay. really dope. And, um, so I, I, I I like knew people there and Jack's actually the reason why I even ever went down there. And it was like, I was such a city girl. Like I really only knew like LA, New York, Miami, and then like Europe. And you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I was so ignorant and I had never been anywhere. I'd never really seen anything. So the first time going to Louisiana, I was like, oh my God, like real life, real people, like people that like go out at night, not to be like photographed, but like just to hang out with their friends. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I was really, really drawn to that. And in that process, I really like, I remember like I, I got rid of all my like nice clothes and like, I just really got rid of like all that stuff that I allowed to find me for so many years. Um, you know, just always like, like, on the hunt for like money you know like totally. always money totally. money money like because I didn't grow up with money so I was always like in financial insecurity like you know and yeah. I was I just I kind of in that moment let go of all of that part of the art you created in Louisiana was taking photos of people using heroin mm. what inspired you to take those photos you know at the time it didn't really feel like a big deal because heroin had been such a major part of my life um that I just kind of didn't like now when I see the photo it 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 like I am more affected by it I'm like oh you know graphic like yeah. I don't want to look at it I look away but at the time I was so numb to anything about 
drugs or guns or anything like that. I, it didn't seem like a big deal. Were you using heroin at the time? On and off, yeah. When was the first time you tried heroin? I think I was like in high school. Yeah, I was in high school because it was before I graduated. How did that affect you? I was actually, I, rem- I remember it. this guy, Mario. Sorry, Mario. Shout out Mario. <laughs> Shout out Mario. I, but I, I know he's definitely not. That was just so long ago. Like, I'm sure he's not doing this anymore, I hope. But he, I met him at a party and I like, didn't have a phone. And he, he gave me like, a, like two little wax baggies. And, um, and then I forgot how he ended up getting in touch with me or like I got in touch with him. But it was very much like he knew that I would get in touch with him type of thing. Like right. he gave it to me because he knew, he knew that I'd be calling. And it was like pretty much like that. And I and at the time, none of my other friends were doing it. Um, so I was like doing it in secret. And I would just like kind of put it on like a blunt that I was just going to like smoke to the face or something and like not share. I remember like they'd ask me and I would just be like, no, like, yeah, because they didn't know. And I was being such a bitch. Um, and then I remember like, I, I, then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm like over it. Like I'm done now. And then I got sick and I was like, damn like I I have a cold like I didn't even know like the withdrawals and the things like I didn't I didn't understand that I was really playing with fire so it's like a miracle that I don't like I haven't done in very very long and I highly don't recommend it especially now with the fentanyl and everything in it it's like like my best friend died um at the end of 2019 from a fentanyl overdose and and that was like like I had been sober prior but then like that was like really the like the solid like if I even have a thought it's like very quickly wiped out like I just think of her and it's like over like I'm just I just know in my heart like I'm just never gonna do that again I'm so sorry. Mm. What was rock bottom moment for you that oh then? God, there's so many rock bottom. It's like you think one was the rock bottom, but then it's like it go yeah. it gets worse. Um, I would probably have to say like overdosing was probably a rock bottom. Um, Who found you when you overdosed? Well, there's been a few, okay. but the last one like the like really bad one it was like on my birthday and and it was really sad because like my sister was there and like she was sober and like the whole party was ruined because I literally like fell over in front of the whole party yeah it was really bad and that was like a very awakening moment and and I really credit her for saving my life because she at 19 years old had the foresight to be like you know what I'm gonna go get sober and like join AA and like really do it and like she's still sober to this day so and if it wasn't from her being sober and then like showing me like take like she would drag me to meetings and I would just be like on my phone like not you know like not paying attention and then one day it it took so wow mm -hmm. that's amazing to have people in your life that are like there for you yeah. and it's like we're gonna keep trying until well, it that's, sticks that, yeah that's why like she's with me today on, right. on this journey and and <sighs> like that's bam forever you know oh my god how much are you younger older we're actually like a couple months apart oh, okay. yeah oh she's not like my biological sister oh you're sister. saying like your sister's sister, yeah, yeah, like yeah. friend yeah I'm yeah like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're an only child she's okay, my friend but it. she's got my it. sister basically like blood yeah, got yeah. it when and how did you meet the father of your child and how did your relationship evolve? I met him at the Carlisle through Zach Bahaj, who owned the Lucienne. Yeah. And, um, but I think we had actually met when we were teenagers. I'm older than him though. He was like 14 and I was maybe like 17. And I remember thinking like, oh, he's hot, but he's really young. Yeah. Like I literally remember that happening. And then, um, and then, yeah, we met again, and it was, like, love at first sight. He had a girlfriend. I, like, tried to hit on him, and he said, no, I have a girlfriend. And, and I liked that, that he turned me down, and I liked that he was loyal. But then they broke up a few months later. He called me. Obviously, the rest is history. Um, he actually came to the rap party of Uncut Gems. So oh this wasn't even – the movie wasn't even out yet. Comes to the rap party, and we were literally together every day after that. And then we got married, like, a month later in Vegas. Yeah, with, like, the Elvis Presley impersonator and – and all of that. And it was really, really fun until it wasn't. Right. Like, it was incredible. And then it wasn't. Yeah. And then it was a nightmare. How did your relationship change once you had your son? Um, 
It had changed prior to that. Yeah, there were issues prior. I think um, suddenly, like, all the the attention from Uncut Gems happened, and then suddenly guys are in my DMs, and I'm traveling a lot, and now I'm busier than I used to be and and not as available, Um, and also, like, just not as patient. Like, I'm tired now. I don't want to, you know, like, just be like easy to be around you know what I mean like please (laughs) and it just wasn't really working out that way um but he really like he obviously he's not perfect I'm not perfect like obviously we were drawn to each other for a reason um but he's he's actually like one of the most like genuine people I know like like really like what you see is what you get like not like he's I I don't I can't really I describe it but it's definitely it's something that uh, a quality that Kanye has as well just being so genuine like almost childlike in yeah. a way just like so honest so blunt like and and I'm really drawn to that like I like people that are just no transparent yep. yeah within the last few days of 2021 you posted an Instagram story you're like I already know what you're gonna say that read have you seen this? this is a You're like, dad. fuck you, don't read it. <laughs> Do you care if I read it? Just anyone that no, no, didn't hear it's it. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, I definitely called him a deadbeat dad. Well, because he had blocked my number for like a month at that point, And I was just like fuming. And, and I didn't know that he had been paying my rent. Oh, how did a, you not know that? Girl, I just wasn't paying it. I was like, I was like, I'll let it pile up and then I'll just write. Cause it's like, why can't they like just do it electronically? It's so much what? easier. It's like, watch them mail oh, a check. Yes, they want me to awful. mail a check. Why the girl? fuck do they still do that? In I New haven't York? seen my checkbook since 2008. I don't even have one. Okay. I don't even know where it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's why they're not getting I their feel fucking rent. Anyway, so I was just like, and but also the landlord's my friend. Okay. So it's fine. So like, I'm just not getting evicted. Yeah, yeah. Not sure why, but like living for yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it's, it was it, on, on my list of priorities, it was like number six. Right. Like, I have so many other. There are like things that are like so much more dire to think about. So I, I was just like, it's fine. So I didn't even know that. So in my head, I was like, oh, he's like not helping physically, but he's also not even helping financially. Oh. And and that's what set me off. Because if, if he wasn't helping physically, but then he was sending me money, I would have at least been like, oh, okay, he does want to be in his son's life, but he just needs to take a break. Right. And I'm, I, I'm angry about it, but I understand yeah. because the breakup was really hard and we obviously had still a lot of feelings for each other. Um, so I understand him needing that, but obviously I wish I knew that information because I definitely don't think I would have reacted right. in that way. And then did he tell you? No, that my landlord did yeah and you're like no he actually didn't even text me or call me or like say take it down or anything I know you then he's a very like noble man he was like I'm just not even gonna engage which which kind of made me even more mad (laughs) I know because honestly if he had just texted and been like take it down I would have been like okay Okay, (laughs) yeah sorry okay well so the fallout you did you did say you like regretted it I do regret it. I mean, listen, I didn't lie. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. But but obviously I did take things out of context to intentionally make someone look bad. Yes. Totally. I did. Totally. You know, if we want to paint the full picture, it's like, no, he actually is really great and has these other amazing quality. And like, but it's like, oh, you know, yeah. fuck, I shouldn't, I just shouldn't have said anything to begin with. Are you on good terms now? Yes. Very, okay. very. And he's been super supportive and I've been having to travel a lot. So he's been helping, which is great because they get to like make up a lot of time that they haven't spent together in the last two months. So That's amazing. yeah, so it's actually worked out perfectly. You added actress to your resume three years ago when you started Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler and you played a role that was based on yourself. The name was even Julia. Mm hmm were the filmmakers your friends like Mm -hmm. why did they build this character for you yeah the filmmakers were um friends of mine and they'd been working on this um project for many years like I think like 10 years or something before it came out so for like 10 years or something they'd been telling me like this movie this character like and they ask me for like what would you do if you were in a fight with your boyfriend like how would you get him to like you know what I mean like just right. asking me that type of shit and then I was like all right like I see what's happening here like I'll you know and then I obviously like got on the phone and we we developed her and her name was actually originally Sadie but Adam Sandler's daughter's name Sadie so so they and they were trying to find a name 
but like nothing else fit. It was like, it was just supposed to be Julia. Yeah. What aspect of your personality do you think was best portrayed in the character? I think the like humor and the like, just like no fucks given type of attitude. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Are the rumors true? Will you be playing Madonna in her biopic? No, I wish. <laughs> I'm like, Julia, can you sing? <laughs> I wish. No, I can. I can definitely like get down with some karaoke and like I have some range, but I definitely Love. not Madonna's range. Um, no, I, I actually auditioned to play Debbie Mazar, oh, her nice. BFF, um, who I'm obsessed with. And people have been comparing me to her my entire life. <sighs> Yeah, so, I mean, but, you know, she's going to audition a million girls. Like, you know, high chance I probably won't even get it. Like, it's just the industry's like that. It's Totally. You know, it's nothing personal. Um, Whoever. Yeah, Yeah. but I gave it my best shot, so. I love it. Yeah. (gasps) Okay. Rumor has it you're dating someone new. (laughs) Have you guys put a label on it? I mean, I I call him my boyfriend and he calls me his girlfriend. Cute. Cute. Yeah. But there was never ever like an official conversation. No. Don't you love when that just happens all of a sudden one day? You're like, I think you're my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. It just, just, it just happened. And, and, um, and it felt very, just like very organic and like not even like crazy or anything. Just very natural. Do you remember the first thing he said to you? Ever in life? Yeah. Up, it's yay. I think it was like something like that. Yeah, yeah. He like got my number through a mutual friend. What was your first impression of him? Super magnetic, like very attractive. Like, like not a. a, I don't even mean it. Like he's attractive physically, but I mean also just like like the vibe is very like attractive. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you. At least for me, like I felt like I wanted to gravitate toward you know what I mean like it was very like yes. when that happens like like oh sparks. my God. you're like that person has something. an aura yeah they just glow they radiate an energy and he definitely has a very very special unique like one-of-a-kind energy after your first meeting in Miami you have this like whirlwind 24-hour like moment and then like how did you guys leave it before you went to New York Oh my gosh. I was only supposed to go there for the night and then I was supposed to fly back the next day. We ended up staying like three or four extra days. Um, and it was like, we were on on the the Kanye workout plan. Like we got to work. We were like, okay, you know, we're, we're going to do this. Like if I'm going to be seen with you, like, I need to, you know, step it up a little bit just because I'm late. Like I'm a little lazy. That's just a thing. It's a fact, you know? Yeah. So I I definitely do need to be like nudged a little bit and like pushed out of my comfort zone. And I love that because I don't think anyone has been able to succeed in that because I'm, I'm stubborn and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wear the things that I'm comfortable in. And it's like, you know, and I have my insecurities and no one else sees and like, you know what I yes. mean? And he doesn't see them. So he just like, you know what I mean? Right. So it's cool to see myself through his eyes. For anyone who lives under a rock or didn't read interview magazine, you detailed this like lavish second date in New York city. Can you indulge us and just kind of like walk us through the night? Yeah. Um, we went to, we went to see Slave Play and Jeremy O'Harris's play. Oh. That was amazing. Then we went to Carbone and then after Carbone, we went back to the Pendry where his suite was. And I just thought we were going to go and like, just hang out, like play Uno or something. He, he really likes Uno. <laughs> I just thought we were going to do that. And I walk in and like all the furniture in the hotel room has been like, pushed into the bedroom and like there's all these racks like lining all the walls and and it was like like a fucking dream and it's also just like the thought behind it and like he had also just landed at at, like earlier in the evening so it was like how did he even you know what I mean but he he makes it happen that's that's and then he did something for me in LA as well he like turned this big warehouse space into like like a really cool like restaurant kind of vibe oh. yeah for, for me and my friends and like that was really nice and and Naomi Campbell was there and that yeah I, yeah so like just really iconic moments that he's he does for me have you ever felt in these moments like a little overwhelmed no why do you think I don't know. I'm just like grown and like also I I grew up in New York City. I grew up around celebrities. I'm you know what I mean? I know how to like 
and also I really feel like I've like earned my my place to yeah. be there do you know what Fuck I mean like yeah. obviously I'm not on their level and I'm not saying I am but I feel like I've like put in the work and like I, I can hang yes I can hang totally. definitely everyone's like oh look at her now like she's at dinner with Madonna it's like well actually I set up that dinner and I invited Kanye you know what Stop. I mean oh my so god that's kind of like, baller yeah so it's like obviously people it looks a certain way totally. but they people don't know the conversations happening behind the scenes and like no I've been around I, I you know what I mean I've absolutely yeah like, on your podcast you talk about how people were kind of like calling it love bombing almost of how extravagant things have gotten why do you not consider it love bombing um because he doesn't have like um like a shady ulterior motive right which I think is like super crucial in the love bombing element because you know in a typical narcissistic like relationship in that way it's like you get love bombed and then you get isolated and then you get like you know what I mean and it's like no actually like my friends are now with me 24 7 because they're hired and it's like do you know what I mean like he's not trying to like have me to keep me from like lock me away no he wants me to be the best version of myself like that is always the conversation always like how am I going to be live up to my full potential which I think is like amazing so would you because everyone's like would you consider yourself yay's muse <laughs> um yeah a little maybe what does so. it even mean to no one that's ever been because I remember you were like I've this is not the first time that yeah. I like what what is a muse? I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jazz. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like things like right. that. Like I, I think people make it seem a little more dramatic than it is. Like totally. I'm not, you know what I mean? It's not like Van Gogh like type of like. Yes. He, he just he wants to dress me right now. Yes. Like, yes. I think that's kind of what it is. Is there anything that you know, like you're inspiring him with? Like you say, like he's yeah. You know I think I mean? it's it's very mutual. Um, like I, I'm definitely an ideas person. I always have like crazy, like out there ideas, and so does he. And I love telling him my ideas, and and like we you know we we get excited over each other's like weird thing. You know, it's it's definitely mutual for sure. What do you guys disagree on? He, that one of the makeup looks, he actually went and tried to draw like a sunglass line. <laughs> and I think that was like the only time where I literally was like, no, like, this is I where I look- put my foot down. <laughs> oh my God. I would be like, absolutely fucking not. Yeah. No, but then I actually online, I like randomly saw an image of that makeup and it, it didn't, it didn't look that bad actually. It like a like full sunglass. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I, I need to like when he's doing something, just let him execute the vision because it yeah. might actually be cool because a lot of times I've been like, oh my God, what is he doing? What is he doing? And then it's fucking awesome. And you're like, fuck, I would have never thought of this. And that like never happens for me. So it's really cool to meet someone that like does something that I really would have never thought of doing. Totally. You know? What do you say to people who claim this is not a real relationship? I mean, time will tell. You'll see for your yeah. You'll just see. Yeah. The tabloids and social media are always comparing women. I know. And you keep so getting sad. compared to his ex. Why do you think they're doing that? Um, well, we've worn some of like the similar looks. Right. Um, which I knew at the time of wearing them. I knew that Kim had worn it previously, but I thought it was cool that she had worn it. Right. <laughs> and she's iconic. Yeah. Like it wasn't even a thing. But it, it is unfortunate because... Um, you know, women are always just being pitted against each other. And, and obviously like, you know, there's 10 years of history that they have prior. And like, I, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to ever like step out, step out of line and like speak on something that like, I have no place speaking on. Like when someone was like, Oh, they're both wearing Balenciaga. I'm like, wait, can, yeah, we can't all wear that now. If anything, I feel like the conversation should be like, wow, it's amazing to see how heavily influenced Kim was by Kanye. Yeah, you know what I mean? Point. If anything, yep. I feel like that's kind of what that shows. But obviously people want to run with the more like nastier like narrative and it's so immature. and make people feel bad. And it's like, actually, I had a, a fashion line um, and, and the, the, the Kardashians actually sold it at their store dash and wore it on magazines and in the show. So it's like there's ties. I have my history of fashion as well. I didn't right. just like pop out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, celebrities wore all my Nicki Minaj wore my clothes like everyone, oh. you know, so like. 
Yeah. How do you describe the style that you're showcasing to the world right now? It's I'm giving like dominatrix like couture, yes. which I love, love, which I love. And it feels like, you know, familiar and like uh, say like I've been there yes. before. Like I've been there. So they look like they've been wearing the same outfits for like four months or whatever. And they keep saying you guys like, what do you say to that? I mean, I think about re-wearing the same, like, I'd rather wear the same outfit a bunch of times than, like, wear the wrong outfit once, so. Yes. Also, everyone look inward. How many times do you re-wear an outfit? Yeah. Like, like just because you're getting papped, it's not like you're, yeah, like, Yeah, we're still real to- people. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you're like, these are my favorite I actually pants. just sent out my laundry today for the first time in, like, a month, so <gasps> oh congratulations to me. Do you think Kanye's boots are sexy? I love the boots. Have you ever tried them on? No, I have. <laughs> They're so iconic. I know. I should try them on, actually. No, they are. I love it. They look like an action figure or yeah. like a video game character or something, which I, I love that vibe. So I know you mentioned like getting jealous and with how much the media is like, he wants her back. Like he was fighting for her. Like how did, have you had jealousy moments where you're like, oh, this is icky? No, not really. Um... I mean, I'm sure I'm listen, I'm I'm sure there's still some sort of residual feelings and it's like it's normal. It's human, you know, but I also like know that he's with me now. So and that's all that matters. Have you guys talked about your future together? Like, yes, it's a there is a lot of like us and we conversations, which is really nice. Um but no, like I said, everything is very on a whim, last minute, like pack up, we're going here, now we're going, you know what I mean? Right. So I, we're not, I, I'm like, can't even get past like next week, let alone right. like. Just having fun. Uh, yeah. Totally. Has he given you any career advice? Definitely. Yeah. Like it's like all he does. Right. <laughs> like, do you feel like you're now in a great way kind of like taking a different trajectory or you're just like amplifying what you wanted to do I'm gonna amplify what I already wanted to do I definitely still want to act and I definitely still want to produce and and write and direct and do my own projects and like that's really where I see myself falling eventually um but right now I I just really want to act yeah yeah with all the media attention around you what is something you've had to change this year about your life Nothing really. Amazing. I don't think so. Yeah. Does it give you anxiety when you're photographed? No. No. Uh-uh. you're just like fuck yeah no I like I like I, I was even I even like took this I take the subway still like what's a misconception about you that I'm a gold digger yeah because it's like yes I have dated rich men but like right. they pursued me first okay and secondly, I've also like dated and like been fully madly in love with straight bums where fully they were living off of me. Like, right. you know what I mean? And I was the sugar mama type of situation. So, you know, it's it's just it's really about the person, you know, yeah. it's not I don't at the end of the day, like no amount of money is going to make me like actually have feelings for someone or actually want to spend time with someone if I'm spending time with you it's because I like genuinely really like you totally you're one of the first people I feel like recently that's like actually getting some like positive media attention from like random comments being like good for her like let her live her life which is exciting I feel like in media to see like a little positive turn yeah fucking shitting on every woman when they start dating a man yeah and it's like so negative I think it's refreshing because it's like it's I feel like such an interesting choice for him yeah um and an unexpected choice why I I don't know like I feel like I would have never expected him to like you yeah Although I had actually been asked to do some Yeezy campaigns and shows like a couple of times throughout the years and it just never really worked out. Like I wanted to do it, but it was like scheduling conflicts and I just, or I wasn't in town. So like there, you know, and there would have been other opportunities for us to have met, but I really feel like, you know, timing is everything and it just had to have been now because if he had met me prior, I would have been with my husband and I'm like super loyal. So there would have been not even, I wouldn't have even looked in his direction, honestly. 
what is next for you? Like, have your goals shifted? Like, what do you want people to think of Julia Fox in like five years, 10 years? I really want my work to speak for itself. Um, you'll definitely still be seeing me in my fashion looks. I'm definitely committed to that. Um, but I definitely a lot of movies, a lot of writing, um, I'm working on a book project right now. I'm developing a series and I'm writing a movie, which I already like kind of technically sold. I'm still whatever. It's complicated. Yes. But so it's kind of it's like I'm already I'm still doing my things that I already had planned, pre-planned, pre-Kanye, yeah. pre-A. Um, so. No, yeah. and I just thank you for sitting down with me because it's so nice to hear you like in long form speak, like people see things on social media and pictures, but when you get to sit down Mm -hmm. with someone, like you're so warm and nice and genuine and normal as crazy as your life is right now. And I think people will hear that. Yeah. And that's like really what I want to convey is like, I'm just like a normal girl and like, I don't, um, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm just a regular fucking regular degular bitch. Right. Love <laughs> it. Love it. Regular bitch. Julia Fox. Thank you. Oh, Thank and you. also oh, um plug. I did yes, plug. Um and if you guys want to hear more like weekly tea and stuff like you can and we interview a lot of really amazing guests as well on our podcast also on Spotify called Forbidden Fruits. Um, so name. check it out if you guys want to hear me again. Love you, bitch. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.